And Candace, what was the first single that came from that album? Who's been having your boots been under? Been under. <laughs> you don't want me singing. But it was so good. Who's been your boots been under? I love that song so much. That's such a fun song. Just so musically fun, musically silly. You can't help but listen to that song and, and then get up out of your chair and just start line dancing. Even if you don't know how to line dance. <laughs> just move in just line. Move. You're fine. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Sarah, your host of Talk to the Hand podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you love about the 90s, and more. Happy, happy, happy New Year's, my 90s kids. I hope you all had a very healthy, very safe New Year's at home. This week, we are kicking off 2021 with one of my favorite humans of all time, one of the people that knew me the best in the 90s, my cousin, Candace. Hi, Candace. Hey. Hey. Okay. Tell everyone about you. Well, I have the pleasure of being your cousin. Um, our moms are sisters, but we're, we're more like sisters than Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So I grew up in Nevada. It's not too far from you and was always... It's the more rural out of the two of us. So this is the a perfect episode for us. This is the perfect episode for us. And Candace is also a quintessential um, 90s kid as well. So when I um, find any super 90s thing like butterfly clips or, you know, Backstreet Boys or anything, Candace is always one of the first people I send it to on, you know, in whatever way, shape or form it comes. And it's usually all in some kind of digital media. So Candace is a very well-versed 90s kid as well. And on that note, Candace, what or whom are we talking about today? The greatest, the one, the only, Shania. Ooh, Shania. She is like the quintessential music of my childhood. Oh, totally. Not Shania like, Queen. She maybe doesn't like the music doesn't reflect a 10-year-old, <laughs> but <laughs> Whose bed have your boots been under? (laughs) A 10-year-old 90s kid? But you know what? I sang every word to it, and my mom just rolled with it. (laughs) I love it. So Shania Twain is the queen of country pop. She's sold more than 100 million records, best-selling female artists in country music history, and among one of the best-selling music artists of all time, and um, also spawned the phrase that I am now adopting in, you know, post-2020 world. There's a hole in the bottle of this wine. What? (laughs) (laughs) There's a hole in this bottle. I don't know what happened. It's just perfect and very, very fitting. Yes. And she's also the one that I would love to credit with giving major credence to exclamation points in song titles. She was the best at it. Are she you was kidding? the best. Yeah. Like, it's because of her. And that- talking in song titles. Like, in yeah. song But before we get started with the topic, please remember to follow us on social media. You can follow us at TTTHpod on Twitter and TalkToTheHandPod on Instagram. Our website is TalkToTheHandPod.com and you can reach us at TalkToTheHandPod at gmail.com. And as always, I have a bunch of sources here. I'm going to list them all in the show notes. Um, Some really fun articles about our girl Shania and most of them from this year because you know what? Shania is really having a year this year. 2020 is Shania's year. She's really She's making really, a comeback. She is making a comeback. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Candace, 
Who is Shania? Um, Shania to me is everything I wanted to be as a kid. Like she was this hugely successful woman. She had like all this strong female empowerment. But I think on top of that, she came from a really hard background. Like as a kid, she was always somebody that like, if she can do it, well, I surely can do it. Cause not that you ever want to hear me sing, but there is like in the back of my mind, I kept it there. Like, well, if she can do it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then she was kind of like a, kind of like a mainstay in, in your childhood in the nineties. Oh, every like big moment. I think even just like around the house with my parents, um, oh, she was always in the background. And the fact that her, like her first two albums produced a million, what it feels like a million hits. Seriously. Is, yes. She, is she just the like quintessential soundtrack to my childhood besides like sync, which was later, but other than that, <laughs> she was the woman in my life. She was. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great synopsis about Shania. So, and we'll get into her like background too, cause it's a really interesting and sad story, but, but very interesting. Um, so a little bit about Shania. She was born Eileen Regina Edwards in Ontario, Canada. She's Canadian and she's officially a member of the Temagami First Nation. Her stepfather was Ojibwe and her Shania is actually legally registered as Native American. Um, and like, I didn't know that, that she had that much hair, that that was her heritage. I thought that was really interesting. Super um, cool. Yeah. And she's very Canadian. Like she's very proud of her Canadian heritage. Um, And like Candace said, she had a really tough childhood. Uh, She started singing at bars at eight years old to help pay her family's bills. And she would write her first songs at 10 years old with songs called Is Love a Rose and just like the storybooks, which were basically rhyming fairy tales. 10 years old. How times, I was going to say how times have changed because imagine an eight-year-old now, one, they wouldn't be allowed in the bars, yeah. but imagine if your eight-year-old came to you and said, I want to go perform. Yeah. And wrote <laughs> songs like full on songs. Like that's insane. And she also was in a cover band. She performed in a cover band. Um, and she grew up like, like Candace said, she had a very rugged lifestyle. Um, and she said that she was very creative and would just sit alone in the forest with her dog and a guitar and would just write songs. And people say she is in country. Yeah. And she would take voice lessons by professionals, um, often by cleaning their houses as payment, which I thought was really cool. And then um, she was 22 years old. She she was in Nashville when um, on the cusp of a breakthrough when she learned that her parents were killed in a car crash. Um, so she sadly was forced to return home to care for her four siblings. And she actually said in a recent interview that during the, lock, the lockdown, she wrote a bunch of songs about this time in her life. And she's never really been that reflective before, which I thought was really interesting. I think for a lot of musicians, the lockdown period has forced them to slow down. So they're not touring. So, I mean, and especially if you have a history or, you know, I don't know, a back history like this, imagine the songs that are 2021, Shania, I'm ready for you. (laughs) We are ready, Shania. We are ready for these albums. Definitely. And then she did make her make her way back to Nashville um, and inev- inevitably got noticed because she always had star quality. She was just different. Like she always had star quality. There are people that are, I, I've always said there are people that just perform their artists, but there are certain people that are just born with it. And she's one of them. She absolutely has it. Like and, and again, like the fact that she really doesn't have that many albums under her belt 
And she's, people just know her as Shania. Like she doesn't even need the last name. Yeah. Like Cher Madonna. (laughs) Exactly. She is in just a league of her own. She really is. And when she was in Nashville, she caught the attention of a few labels, including Mercury Nashville, who signed her uh, within a few months. And back then she was still Eileen and she changed her name to Shania, which is an Ojibwa word, which means on my way. And actually it's, there's some debate about the translation, but that uh, is a nod to her upbringing. Her stepfather was part of this, um, this tribe. And it means at least someone on the way, which is Pretty cool. So her first album was released in 1993. It was self-titled and it was seen as a commercial failure upon release. Then she came out with her second album. And Candice, tell me a little bit about her second album. Are you kidding me? It's the best one. <laughs> like when, when you think she, to me, and I had like a few phases, like the first, or I guess her second album but like the first commercial album was like, it was her, her country roots. It was more, it wasn't as pop. And then she hit with the pop sounding, but that original, like the first album that hit with whose bed have your boots been under? Yeah. That was real country. Yeah, it was. And the videos, like all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that album came out in 1995. That was her second album and it's called The Woman and Me and it sold more than 20 million copies and it has eight singles. Her breakout album has eight singles on it. There wouldn't, I don't think we have the attention span now to have one singular album with eight singles. Like I think an artist is if they get maybe five singles out of it, but also who's doing, there's, they're not, there's not a ton of people doing albums anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I was trying to think like, like just kind of thinking, uh, you know, spitballing ideas here. Um, there aren't a lot of albums, like you said, a lot of, a lot of artists that have so many hits come off of one album, but the only other one I can really think of in like more modern days and maybe not even modern as much these days anymore, but more like maybe five to 10 years ago is Katy Perry. I feel like she had hit after hit after hit on her albums, maybe a little bit of Taylor Swift, but I feel like there are some pop artists that kind of took that formula that Shania laid out um, and just ran with it. And it's just so crazy. I just looked at it too. And there's only 12 songs on that record. Isn't that crazy? Out like three quarters of them. Yes. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. Three, no, 20 million copies later. I think it's doing okay. Two thirds of them. Right. Two thirds, two thirds, not three quarters, two thirds. Got a math on that. Like, well, you notice, you notice I stopped talking when you said that, right? Like I was not about to bust out a number, especially a beer or so. (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit about the person that helped her produce this album, The Woman and Me, just for a second. I don't want to get too hung up on it. I just think it's a really interesting story. So um, she met this guy um, after her first album was kind of a flop, met this guy and he was a music producer. And within six months of meeting, he had produced her album, her new album, and they had gotten married. So they're married. Um, and fast forward to 2008, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. Shania is on top of the world, you know, the two thousands happen and she's now doing, she's doing her own thing up came out. Um, she took a little bit of a hiatus. She did uh, have some health issues, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But, um, in 2008, when she was out of the spotlight, she and her husband were really close friends. Do you know this story, Candace? I do. This is so crazy to me. I had 
had not known. It's so, it's so nutty. It's so crazy. So she and her husband, why don't you tell it? Why don't, yeah. Why don't you tell it? Her husband, I think, isn't it? Her husband had an affair with her assistant. Yes. And then, and then there's more. There's more. It doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. And then, so they, I don't think they're together, but um, she ended up leaning on her assistant's husband for like moral support. And now they're married. And they're still married. They're still married. (laughs) They did this whole Fleetwood Mac type of like, (laughs) like swapping people. Like that's so interesting, but she's so happy with them. You know, what's so crazy is I remember because her first husband Mutt Lang, I think was his name. Yeah, yeah. Like did everything together. So I remember like when the the divorce happened, there's all this like speculation about like, what is her music going to be like? Because he was her producer. They wrote all the songs together. Yeah. But what a crazy, like, what an interesting story to sit around, you know. I know. Like, how did you meet? (laughs) I just, especially since they're still, since she's still so happy with, with her husband now, who was her assistant's ex-husband who told her, he basically broke the news to them, to her, that her husband was having an affair with her assistant who was his wife. Like, it's just so crazy. (laughs) It feels like when you talk about nineties, I mean, that happened in the two thousands, but it feels like a nineties, like talk show, you know, or one of those like totally 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 absolutely I thought that was so interesting okay so interesting I forgot about that yeah but back to the woman and me you know one of the quintessential country pop albums of the 90s comes out in 1995 and it was her first major hit record and Candace what was the first single that came from that album you don't want me singing but it was so good I love that song so much. That's such a fun song. Just so musically fun, musically silly. You can't help but listen to that song and and then get up out of your chair and just start line dancing. Even if you don't know how to line dance. <laughs> just move in just line. Move. Just move to that song because it is that one. And then the next one I'm going to mention is the same, the same vein, Any Man of Mine. Like the most like woman- not the most, because she has a few of those. But it was like the, it kicked off the female empowerment. Of, it did. just knew she was such a badass. Yeah. And I love the lyrics in that, like, any man of mine better be proud of me. Even when I'm ugly, still better love me. I could be late for a date. That's fine. But he better be on time. You know, she and talked about. better like my food when I burn like it. Or burn dinner. When I burn it black. <laughs> when I have a bad hair day. Like, he's got a, any man of mine is going to be, he's going to lift me up. Because you know what? I'm a fucking queen. And I deserve to be lifted up. <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve it. And then we can't we can't talk about this song without talking about the music video. I was just going to say everything about Shania. I think like one of the greatest things about the 90s is the like merge of you had the the music videos and you had the music. So yep. like as corny as some of the, her songs were, it was just like the belly button. The yeah. belly button. He was a midriff bearer. Every, and everything, everything and that was just so like, but she was still so 
like country in her videos. But she was also classy with it. She wasn't like she didn't there was there was just kind of an element of like empowerment. Like she owned it. You know, she had that yeah. double denim where she was in the music video. She's wearing this double denim and she's herding cattle and she's <laughs> dancing in this field. And it was a little bit scandalous. Um, you know, the country music genre in the 90s was a little bit more conservative. And, um, you know, at the time she was showing a lot of skin at the time. Nashville really hadn't seen anything like her. Um, like like Candace said, she was just a midriff exposing artist determined to be an international star. She was just so different. She was so interesting. She, she was just awesome. had such her own lane. So yeah. there nobody in her. And, and I think we all know those artists now. But she just created her. It's not even a lane. She created her own dang highway. She did. <laughs> she just, and it was all very Shania because even now, like, even if you've never seen one of her videos, like everybody has this image in their mind of what she looks like. Totally. As what she the 90s. is. Yeah. Especially from the nineties. And you know, what's interesting is she was warned by her label when this album came out and this song came out, she was warned by her label about backlash. Um, and she, they basically told her that she would be hated by men because she was too opinionated and too forceful and demanding. Um, but that she would also be hated by women because she was too sensually or sexually expressive. And she just didn't agree. She's like, uh, I don't really, that no sorry honey I'm gonna be me um and she also wanted to speak to women as like a kindred spirit someone that who refused to conform to a single archetype of femininity which is really as we've kind of mentioned over the last you know 18 minutes or whatever it's kind of her brand it's just being her own woman she really is and she really does um like beat to her own drum but I'm glad she does because, like, we don't want a bunch of people who, like, the people that sound the same and act the same, they may have a couple hits, but they die out after a year or two. And yet here we are doing a podcast on one woman. I know. Like, the, who we're talking about two albums in particular. Yeah. Like, that's not that much, but she's still, like, it's so lasting. Yeah, she just burst on the scene with that album in just a just a double denim clad, just sequined, <laughs> like hot pink midriff exposing leopard print, just explosion. <laughs> and we love her for it. Some of the other songs on her album, what were some of the other big hits that you remember? Um, so my personal, I think it's probably my favorite, which it's not like a probably a cult favorite, but is You Win My Love. Ooh. Because I watched the music video and she's wearing like, I don't know, she's wearing like a race suit, I think. And then she's like, they're on the racetrack. And I just remember thinking like, she looks so freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then there, another one was um, No One Needs to Know. Yeah. Do you remember that in Twister? I actually didn't remember that until I, until I read about it again. I was like, Oh shit, that's right. And that was such a 90s movie. It was oh man, that was a 90s movie. The 90s movies of the 90s. It you know, watching that as an adult just doesn't have the same impact it did when I was, I don't know, 10. So good. That album is so good. And it earned her a Grammy Award. And still to this day, she's the only non-American winner. 
of a Grammy. Really? Yeah. And one of the quotes I loved about her when she reflected back on this album um, was that she said, I didn't let fear get in the way and that I didn't let I didn't let anyone create doubt. That's so cool. I love that. I love that. I love it too. If you think about like, like how many of us let fear get in the way, fear of failure, fear of what people think of us. Like she didn't care. She was like, I'm just going to do it. Like, that's just so her, man. I feel like a woman, which gets, (laughs) which gets me to the next album. And Candace, 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 tell our nineties kids what the next album released. Come on over. Like, Best, like, I mean, it just had every hit. That it had every it, hit. 12 out of 16 songs. Dang, I didn't realize it was that much. 12 <laughs> singles out of 16 total. But 12 singles? And that's and just, after eight singles on her first album. Isn't that insane? Like, just those like, are the years of Shania. Like, you can't, you couldn't turn on a radio for longer than half an hour without hearing Shania. Well, that just also means things are just going to the top so fast that they're coming off so fast of the charts. But, but like, also, what? I think that she says a lot, too, about country pop in the 90s and how, how much it resonated with people and especially women. And Come On Over became the top selling country album in history. She broke so many international records with that album as well. And that one really established her as this successful crossover singer. Um, She really, I think that's such a hard task to do, especially like if you think like when I grew up in 90s country, it was like your really heavy country sound. So it was all um, like my dad used to listen to like Mark Chestnut and Sammy Kershaw and all these just and even Garth Brooks, like very country I think what Garth Brooks brought was the entertainment, which I think Shania brought as well. But it's just so crazy because to break out of it so she's not true traditional or how we view traditional country and crossover, like, and be a female. Like she had so many strikes against her and she grew up with a really hard background. She fought and like was the epitome of success. I just picture her as a kid in this rugged, you know, place in, in, Canada where she's sitting on in the forest with her dog and her guitar writing songs about fairy tales and storybooks and and then making it in Nashville and then having the setback of having to go back because her family and family issues and then coming back to Nashville and meeting this guy that she eventually marries after six months and then like she creates this incredible career with his support and like it's a movie it's a movie movies are it's a lifetime movie if there ever is one Not that I ever watched those. What are we talking about? Cheers to that. <laughs> okay. All right. So come on over, Candace. What are some of the song, the big heaters on that album? Um, don't be stupid. Or that doesn't me much. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Do you remember how many syllables she puts in ridiculous? Like she adds, I swear, like two syllables yeah, to it. Yeah. When she, and then, you know what she does though is... And I always, when I think of Shania, I think of all the talking moments she has in songs like Come On Girls or whatever they are. And she just freaking nailed them. But any Shania lover could literally like speak all those words. Totally. Absolutely. You're still <laughs> I do the remember. You're still the one. But that was, do you remember that video? It was like yeah. almost sexual, but not. It was like, I don't know. It had its that own. That was the thing about Shania. Everything kind of had this like, 
this amped up sexuality, sensuality, just this like vixen, which is one of the things I love about her so much is just kind of tested the waters, like not in a way that was outrageous like Madonna, but she tested, like she took it up to like 11 so that she could pave the way for the Britneys and for the Christinas to take it up even further. It's That's exactly what it is. I mean, she didn't do the Lady Gaga and wear a yeah. costume to the Grammys. I mean, like nothing she ever did was insane, but I imagine like at the time, like I'm picturing our parents, if we walked out in a denim jacket and a white crop t-shirt and high rise denim pants, both of our parents would have been like, now nah, girl, good change. Or my mom would come down and pull the sides down over your belly so that it would meet your jeans. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you so much for the, thank you so much for momming us. We appreciate it. Thanks, moms. <laughs> but anymore, like some parents now probably wish their child would do that instead of some oh, of the. Oh yeah, I mean we're we're in the freaking age of the Kardashians. Okay, like no shade, <laughs> like <laughs> like that's just a different time. Like Shania really did pave the way, and she didn't she didn't take it as far as some of those other artists did, but she really did pave the way for women to be themselves in the music industry, which is so just such a gift because yeah. I think now like a lot of women have done that. But she, on the music front, was such a big proponent of being classy, but still... But she wanted not, to be taken seriously. Yeah, and there was a balance there, and I think she did it well. And she had the, like, the content was good, so it wasn't that she was just showing off her body. She had, like, great songs to back it up. It, yeah, and she had talent, and I feel like she wanted to be known for more than just pushing the boundaries. She wanted to be known for for her music and her art and what, how she empowered people, not like, like if she pushed the boundaries, great. That's a great little byproduct of, of her music and her and her work in the nineties. But she wanted to be there for women. Like she wanted to, to just like give people a reason to feel comfortable being themselves and owning, owning what thing, what, what characteristics. own it. She owned it. Yeah. And, and she wanted to be that example to own it. The, the things that the music industry and like the patriarchal like society at large wants women to tamp down. Like she just, she didn't care if that causing a stir. She was like, if it's going to cause a stir, it's going to cause a stir. I'm just being myself. So. Well, and think of all the nineties women that followed her that were able to even chart like as a female artists that were able to chart on the, um, like a song because she paved the way. So yeah, like, again, it's like all the Faith Hills, the Trisha yep. Yearwoods, all the Martina Brides, like all these women that I grew up with, they were all around the same era, but she, I think, allowed them to even be on the, the charts to begin with because she also had that crossover success. Oh my God, totally, totally. And and one of the other songs I remember from this album is From This Moment On. I remember that being a slow dance at oh, yes. dance all the time. That was a yes. From this moment on, that don't impress me much. Oh, the best. Are you kidding me? Let's and go, girl. Let's oh, go. No, that's a one. <laughs> okay, but you know a funny story about that don't impress me much? Okay, we all remember the, Candace has mentioned it multiple times because you, how can you forget? We all remember the music video where she's in head-to-toe leopard print, making it her way through the desert, declaring like this laundry list of people that don't impress her, like rocket scientists, Elvis, Brad Pitt. But here's the thing. On Brad Pitt's 57th birthday this year, she actually tweeted at Brad and said, happy birthday to Brad Pitt. I'll make an exception for today with a kissy face emoji. 
<laughs> how like how great I know I know great. I love her so much and he was really funny um in 2011 uh Brad Pitt was interviewed by Entertainment Weekly and asked if he remembered the lyric and he like laughed and said unfortunately yeah like like he took a little bit like oh that hurt a little bit and so she just you know this year she's like I'd make an exception for you <laughs> But I mean, it's again, when we talk about like talking, do you remember everything about that song when she was like, oh, yeah. Oh, you think you're special? Uh, <laughs> okay. So you're Brad Pitt. <laughs> In this like sassy, like, I don't know, like. She doesn't need anyone. She's just like, I have standards. I don't like, give a flying shit who you yeah, are. Yeah, <laughs> I have standards. And, you know, honestly, like most people, pretty much all people don't live up to them. But if you come yeah. close, I might make an exception. It's and Brad Pitt is the threshold. So basically, yeah, good luck getting into Shania's at the top of her list. What a timestamp of, or like what a, what a moment timestamp too, because that was when Brad Pitt, I mean, he still is the shit, but that was when he was like iconic. He you was, know what I mean? When is Paltrow at the time when this came out? Oh my God. Talk about a throwback. So the next song, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Yes. We all remember that one. Have you seen the video of Post Malone dancing to it? No. Oh my God. A man, I feel like a woman. Yes. It is the cutest thing I've ever seen. So it was like an uh, award show in the last year or so. And she was performing. It was like some legacy, you know, performance she mm-hmm. did. And you, there's this video of Post Malone with his drink in his hand. And he's singing every single word along with Shania. It is so freaking cute. You know, it's so funny about Shania. So I think this probably applies for most people but like Shania had this like the cult women following right like oh, she yeah. had these women who just wanted to be her all the little girls who wanted to be her yeah. but then you she had like different than most females yeah she had this insane like man population who loved her too because yeah. they were oh she's sexy she's confident and if the guy's smart he can pick up on chicks at her concert like it was everything good about a freaking Shania concert. You cracked the code. Oh my gosh. Okay, time machine. If you ever have trouble in love, find the time machine. Go back to a Shania concert. Yes. And like, like, you know, get those those smart, empowered, like badass, sparkly, radiant, confident women there because we're there. It's, it's exactly it. Like, you know, like any girl who's going to be at that show is probably going to be wearing something leopard, probably something cropped, probably like a little midriff showing, you know, I mean, like heels, heels sequins, <laughs> but in such a classy way, in such a like, like own it, girlfriend. That's such a, so, so man, I feel like woman, if you have not seen the video of Post Malone, <sighs> singing along. I need to watch it. Watch it. I will probably repost it on our Instagram. Um, but it's so joyful. It brought me so much joy. I watched it several times in a row when it came out like a year ago. So beautiful. The nostalgia really, really does hit deep on those two songs. Okay. So that album actually earned her four Grammys. Four Grammys. 
she had a, a another big album, her third album, or I guess it would be her fourth album, uh, Up, that came out in 2002, also had eight singles. Um, so we went from eight to 12 to eight. Um, and then she also, one of the things before we, before we move into like her place and legacy, um, also wanted to remind everyone that in 1998, VH1 had a Divas concert. And I remember, this. remember the Divas concert and yes. the Divas concert consisted of Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, Gloria Stefan, Carol King, Aretha Franklin, and Shania Twain. I forgot about that, but I remember, I mean, VH1 was also such an MTV. Yep. But, but oh VH1, gosh, the I, Divas live, like I remember that being a huge deal. And it's all first namers. Like, all for, first yeah. Namers. Yeah. Aretha. Mariah? Uh, Mariah. I mean, Mariah? also Mariah. What, I think Mariah gets overshadowed at Christmas. Yeah. You forget that she has a lot of other, oh, I, I, they're good songs. They're catchy songs. I love Butterfly still. I will do a Mariah Carey episode because her 90s like hits are just so much fun. I still do remember the movie Glitter. <laughs> I, yes, I very much remember the movie Glitter. Okay, so I also. Oh my goodness. I also put a bunch of pictures in the slideshow for Candace um, of my favorite Shania looks. And I will post these all on our Instagram, but this one, number one, is my favorite. So right now, Candace, what are we looking at? It is, think Pepto-Bismol pink and think cowboy boots with their pink cowboy boots. Short, like high, they're shorts, but they're like high-waisted. A tube bra. Like midriff, a, midriff, a midriff, yeah. Midriff, yeah. And then this like trench coat, but, and oh, you can't forget the, Pink gloves. The gloves. Everything is the same shade of Pepto pink. It is. Um, it's just a lot, but it's also like, part of me is so jealous you can pull this shit off. Same. Same. I, if I showed up to dinner like this, your parents, your my family, family would be like, what is happening? Can you please show up to family dinner like this? Maybe Halloween 2021. <laughs> this is ser- seriously, this is seriously like highlighter neon pink. Like I love it so much. It's like Dolly Parton-esque. It's, but, but also let's soak in. She has choker necklaces on. She did have a choker like rhinestone necklace on. Yes. Which is also very 90s. <laughs> so 90s. Okay. So beautiful. I honestly think this is like my favorite picture of her ever. And I had no idea it existed until today. So I was super pumped about that. Okay. Here is the Shania. I think we all know she's the girl next door Shania. Again, everyone, I will post these pictures on our Instagram. Um, but she's with the bra strap showing with the bra straps. She just was such a, uh, she was the girl next door, but she was the empowered girl next door. She was the empowered, smart girl next door that you wanted, you're the biggest crush on, but you just couldn't have because no one in the whole world was good enough for her because she's that amazing. Like and she and just was so beautiful. She was so gorgeous. She looked like a supermodel. She still does. And here's another picture. Um, she's in, you know, these really cute leather pants. She's wearing this again, leopard print midriff crop top. And then we have that the cheetah. the cheetah print, uh, leopard print, double, like everything. She has luggage that are the, the animal print, her midriff, like it's all, she has the Do you remember wig on that video when she's walking across the desert in that cheetah outfit and everybody like, that was such an unattainable look for uh-huh. every girl, but we all wanted a damn look. We leather. all wanted it with a dark leather lip. Coat. 
Oh, she washed <laughs> that super dark burgundy lip. Oh, that was that. She was so vampy, but still, you know what she kind of reminds me of in that video, in this outfit, in this picture. She kind of reminds me of Nicole Kidman's character in Practical Magic. I could see it absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember these pictures of Shania? We have the crimped hair Shania with her, again with her midriff, and we have the absolutely. Stunning, beautiful photo of Shania, again, with the midriff, with, like, this plum purple handkerchief. I mean, she just made every look look effortless. This is this is the Shania I remember. Yeah. So this is the – she's just so – she just has such a pretty, beautiful, warm face. Um, she, her hair is up and, you know, probably one of those little banana clips. And she's wearing this fuzzy, <laughs> fuzzy red sweater, um, again, showing her bare midriff. Um, and, yeah, we just love Shania so much. So we'll post all of those pictures to the Instagram so you can all see those fabulous, wonderful photos of Shania in – the 90s. Um, so I just wanted to take a moment and talk a little bit about how she fits into the 90s country queens and like kind of the reception in her place in the 90s. Um, she's said that she's disappointed at the lack of space that's still afforded to females um, in our female society saying like we are still living in a sexist society. It's been very slow to change. There are fewer women now um, being played now in country than when I came out. Do you think that's true, Candace? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's just um, a couple years ago, there was a radio. I don't even know if you call him a radio DJ anymore, a DJ, a radio host um, that made, and I forget the quote, but he made some comment about females um, and it kind of blew up a little so that female, like it kind of got the conversation about females and their lack of playing started so that there's at least a few more like all female you know, radio or, um, like podcasts or yeah. things like or streaming sites, like on iHeartRadio or one of those. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. Cause I mean, that's, this is one genre that I would say current country. I'm really not well-versed in it and I need to learn more about, I know Casey Musgraves. I actually mm -hmm. really admire her as an artist and as a public figure. I think she's really interesting and I love how she just like lives her truth, just exactly how she is. I I think she, what she brings to the table is she at least brings people to the genre that think of country as like very redneck and. Yeah, exactly. So I think she brings people in, um, but she's just not mainstream because nobody plays her. So yeah. I guess that's back to your thing. Like nobody's, it's just really hard for a female to get played. And if they do get played. I think that's the music industry in, at large, honestly, in every mm -hmm. genre. Like, I can name on one hand how many female front, like, front women of punk bands that are main, considered, like, popular and mainstream. Mm -hmm. so, well, and even then, like, unlike Shania, they're big in their genre, but yeah. they're but not. They're not crossover. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's one thing that Shania just, we, we cannot, it cannot go overstated just how fucking big of a deal it is for a woman in a genre that's not explicitly pop like Madonna was with pop. It is like she was just a crossover that just exploded on the scene and there really hasn't been anyone like her since. Like she's one that you could put on any song and it doesn't matter what demographic that you're in. They may hate the song, but they're going to know it's Shania. Exactly. Like, at least, you know, her, let's say 
her three biggest hits or whatever, you know, any man of mine or um, man, I feel like a woman or any of those, like, even if you hate quote unquote country or you hate pop or whatever, you know a Shania song. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree. And I think, um, I think I love that she just never really wanted to fit into any molds. She just was, she kind of adopted country and country kind of adopted her because of her rugged upbringing. And like, you know, just the way she wrote songs just fit with the country label and country genre. And then she kind of ran with it and like found this platform and this voice that was able and that's how she got those feminist messages out you know like we have to just really appreciate the fact that she was just she just knew how to play the game and she played it perfectly she's so so smart she's so smart and she still is and so i wanted to run through some of the other 90s um pop queens and um, 90s kids, Candace will be back. This is, we actually originally were going to do this episode on country queens of the 90s, and we decided there's just too much to say about Shania and just too much to say about each of them individually. So, Candace will be back to talk about some of the, these other ones. But, Candace, what would you consider to be some of the other country queens that were part of her cadre, but maybe you can't really lump them, you can lump them all together as country pop or country in the 90s, but Shania's just so different. But who who is part of her peer group in the 90s? When I think of her peer group, like, and it might be slightly skewed, but I think of Faith Hill and Martina McBride, the two biggest ones for me, but I think of Trisha Yearwood. Um, She was, she was up there with Shania for me, Trisha Yearwood was, but Reba, I put Reba in that category. I think the difference with Reba is, and and maybe she wasn't, I don't know. She seemed older and that she had more like, she had a lot more, by the time I was listening to Shania, Reba had already put out a couple of albums. So she was already there. Shania just bypassed her. So she had more like life experience. Reba had more wisdom where Shania's were a little bit yes. more relatable as a young woman. Yeah. And Reba just, I think that one of the differences, Shania still doesn't have that many albums. And I think Reba has a lot more albums. Yeah. So that's why to me in there, in like my brain, I put them in different categories, but there's still, um, the other one is the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Dixie Chicks. Is which a- I think they changed their names. So now they're just the chicks. The chicks. Yeah. We're going to have to do an episode on them too, because I'm getting really into, to like their story too. They have, um, that would be a really fun one. Yeah. I put Shania had a good class of women that she was in, in that time frame. Totally. I, in Leanne Rhymes. And uh, Leanne Womack, I actually read that Leanne Womack refused to change her name because she came up after Leanne Rhymes and it's, she was, they, everyone was like, you need to change your name. She's like, hell no, it's my name. I'm going to use it. And like, I just like how all these women were like, can't tell me that don't impress me much. (laughs) It's just like, they really did like growing up, there really was like this really great class of women that like, again, my mom could let me listen to any of them yeah. and didn't have to worry about what I was listening to. Yeah. I mean, I so snuck like, you know, my kid rock and my, you know, uh, Papa Roach on the side or my Olympus. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> but for the most part, it was a good group of women to like look up to when you're growing up. Totally. I would not be mad. Like if I had a kid in the nineties who was growing up at like listening to these messages of empowerment and just like 
that's that's pretty fucking cool. I'm sorry, that is really for '90s kids. Shania Twain was a very cool voice for us. What, like, you would be legacy still lives on today, kind of like Spice Girls. Oh, I, yeah, I'd put them in that category. I wonder what my mom would say about me loving Shania growing up like because she was raising a daughter at the time that I was loving Shania she would not give me the cheetah stuff um (laughs) but I'm wondering like I think she's a great role model growing up um but I wonder what like my mom thought well it was so different in the 90s too like we've said before it was just it was it she had turned up the dial of what was acceptable it's what she does now to us in 2020 2021 looks tame yes that's what I mean like we have the Lady Gaga's we have the Casey Musgraves we have you know all of these artists these Miley Cyrus's that are constantly pushing the boundaries just like Shania did within context of the 90s and it looks tame so like what you're saying what would they say now about how they raised us while with these women as our idols Um, So she really paved the way for the next generation of these genre straddling artists like Taylor Swift. Carrie Underwood has said that all of the country artists that she knows were all definitely influenced by Shania, even if they don't realize it. She said that in 2016. She said her music was so different and so revolutionary at the time. Um, You know, she just was a risk taker, as we've said before, with just very forward with her sexuality. I didn't know this, but she's a vegetarian and she lives in Switzerland. I had no idea that she lives in Switzerland. I think I vaguely remember her something with Switzerland. I had no idea she's a vegetarian. Yeah, she lives in Switzerland, though, like, full time. I think that's so cool. Like, she's just like, where on earth do I want to live? Switzerland. I wonder how much money she made off of, like, and it's all skewed because $20 are different than $1990, you know? But, I I mean, I have a feeling she's doing okay. (laughs) I know she must be doing okay. So the other thing about Shania, she performed at the 2003 Super Time Super Bowl halftime. <laughs> I like Super Time better. I like Super Time too. <laughs> and uh, she also actually, so we mentioned she had some health issues in later years. She actually uh, contracted Lyme disease from horseback riding, which Ooh. is which was really sad, actually. Um, and she took a really long hiatus. If you remember in the in the late to aughts to the mid 20 teens, took a major hiatus because uh, she had a lot of um, surgery on her vocal cords and she was worried that she would never, ever sing again. Um, so she took it. She took some time off. But then in I think it was like the 2014, she started her residency at Caesars Palace, um, her first one that ran for two years. And then in 2019, before all this happened, she started her second Vegas residency at Planet Hollywood. Um, and of course, you know, with 2020 happening, it um, is on hiatus. But uh, she, yeah, she's she's a mainstay on in Vegas. And I can't freaking wait to go see her. Like, I mean, can't we must happens. make a date. How has this not happened already? As soon as her shows open back up, we are doing this. It's not even a question. Absolutely. Yes. And we're going to get like those yardsticks full of alcohol. 100%. It's going to be the greatest freaking time. But it has to be bright pink and we have to be wearing sequins and we have to be wearing like a monochrome, like midriff 
whole thing. You have to wear the like trench coat that goes with our tube top, that goes with our shorts, that goes with our cowboy hat. Yes. I'm a fan. All hot. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be pink, but it all needs to be. It could be leopard print. Oh, that would be a lot of cheetah on Gamus. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but I would do it for Shania. <laughs> I would do. We would all, we would do anything for Shania. <laughs> um, okay, Candace, thank you so much for joining us. I can't tell you how much it means to me that you joined us today. I'm so proud of you. We've been talking about doing this for a while, so it's fun to kind of make it happen and bring it so to life. We so long. Candace will be back. So like we said, this was supposed to be originally going to be a Country Queens episode, but we're going to do all the Country Queens together and more than just Country Queens. Candace and I could literally talk about anything from the 90s because we spent so much of it together. So Candace will be back, everyone. Um, and thank you, Candace. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you. Love you to pieces. And um, 90s kids, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you're following us on social media. You can find us at TTTHpod on Twitter or Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram. Um, you can reach us at talktothehandpod.com. That's our website. Or email us at talktothehandpod at gmail.com. Next week, have a very fun episode. I'm actually going to be doing next week's episode by myself, all by myself, all by my lonesome, which has been the first in several months. So I hope I'm so good at it and until then be excellent to each other thanks everyone have a great week